Shabbat Shalom. The Torah reading for this week will consist of two parashas. First, we have Matot, meaning tribes. It is taken from the book of Numbers, chapter 30, verse 2, through chapter 32, verse 42. And secondly, we have Parashah Masay, which means stages. It begins in chapter 33, verse 1, through chapter 36, verse 13. Moses was told to speak to all the leaders of Israel and to tell them about these commands from the Lord. If a man made a special promise to God or a promise to give or to do something, he must do exactly what he promised. A man's vow was declared to be absolutely binding. There was no provision to release him from it. If a woman dwelling in her father's house, took a vow. The father had the power to forbid it. If he remained silent in the day that he heard it, then the vow became binding. Likewise, the husband has the same power, and in like manner, if he did not exercise it, the vow became binding. In the case of a widow or one divorce, If her vow was made in her widowhood or while she was divorced, her vow was absolutely binding. Now, these commands are revealing because they pointed to the importance of the unity of the household. There cannot be two supreme authorities in any family. In God's economy, the responsibility of headship was with the father and husband. Now, as the nation approached settlement in the land of promise, the integrity of the family was carefully safeguarded. The God whose name is holy, the eternal God of creation, the God who holds all things together by his spoken word. His word cannot change. His word would not lie nor fail. And Psalms 138 and 2 says that he honors his word above his name. Chapter 31, Adonai spoke to Moses saying, take full vengeance for the sons of Israel on the Midianites. Choose from every tribe 1,000 men for this war that they may go to execute the Lord's vengeance on Midian. Now Moses was also told by Adonai that afterwards he would be gathered to his people. Now, this battle was part of a holy war that Adonai himself had declared against Midian because Midian had led Israel into the sin of idolatry. Adonai had earlier taken vengeance on his own people for yielding to the Midianite temptations. 24,000 Israelis died of the plague. Now the Midianites would be reckoned with These that gave the temptation and though judgment begins at the house of God, it shall not end there. The deceived and the deceiver are his. Both are accountable to his judgment. Numbers 25 tells us that Phineas was the one who stopped the plague from God upon Israel for the corruption by the Midianites. Phineas knew what it took 
to stand against evil in a successful way. Adonai will now use the 12,000 tribesmen and Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the high priest who was armed with the holy trumpet. Now, the ark is not mentioned here, but many scholars believe that it was the ark that went before Phineas and the 12,000 into battle. The campaign against the Midianites was successful and resulted in the death of every enemy soldier and of every male from the elderly to the infant. And only the young Midianite women who had not known a man were allowed to live. Not a single Israeli soldier died in the conflict. And after the battle, Joshua killed the five Midianite kings, including Zer, the father of Cosby, the woman with whom Zimri had sinned within the camp and in the sight of Moses. The commanders of the troops were so grateful for this miraculous deliverance. This act of divine grace was beyond anything they deserved, so much so that they brought a free will offering of gold to the Lord. The total weight of their offering was 16,750 pounds, worth several million dollars in today's U.S. currency. Now, this was all brought into the tabernacle as a memorial for the Israelis before the Lord and was a tribute to the faithfulness and blessings of the true God of Israel. In chapter 32, we have a request from Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh for permission to settle in the territory recently captured on the east side of the Jordan. Their request was reasonable and was granted, but only after they vowed not to rest there until Israel's enemies were defeated. Now skipping to chapter 35. Adonai said to Moses, tell the people they will cross the Jordan and go into the land of Canaan, where six cities of refuge will be chosen. If someone accidentally killed another person, that person can run to one of these six cities for refuge. That person will be safe from anyone from the dead man's family who wants to punish the killer, at least until he is judged in court. Now, these six cities of refuge foreshadowed Messiah in a beautiful way. It is Messiah to whom we all have fled to for refuge and to lay hold upon the hope that he has set before us. Now, understand, Moses is not, did not choose the cities because the law cannot save anyone. And though these were priestly cities, it was not an earthly priest who appointed them. Their appointment and the sending of the Messiah both came from the loving heart of the Father. Now, these cities were announced in the word. A slayer could enter a city and no one could forbid him. So it is with our salvation. It is promised to us in the word. Now, there are many religions today, but there is only one way of salvation as announced in God's word. Faith in Yeshua, our Messiah. These cities were accessible to all. If you can saw the map 
of the Holy Land, you will find that these six cities were arranged so that no tribe was too far from the place of safety. And tradition tells us that the priests made sure that the roads was in good repair leading to these six cities and that regular landmarks were put up to guide the fleeting person. We are also told by some rabbis that the gates to these cities never shut. What a beautiful picture of Messiah. The way to the city is clear. No one ever need wonder who the Messiah is or how to come to him because we come to him by faith and he will never turn a repentant sinner away. There's one point of contrast between the cities and Messiah. When a slayer came to the city, he was admitted, but he was also tried with us. There is no trial because we are already condemned, saved only by grace through faith in Messiah. What a savior. Now consider the names of these cities. Kadesh means righteousness. When we come to Messiah, he gives us his righteousness and forgives all of our sins. Shechem means shoulder and suggests that we find in Yeshua a resting place. Hebron means fellowship, suggesting our fellowship with God and Messiah and our fellowship with other believers. Bezer means fortress, suggesting the protection and victory we have in Messiah. The safest place in existence is in the will of God. Ramoth means heights and reminds us that believers are seated together in heavenly places in Messiah and that the day will come when we should be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And finally, Golan means circle or complete and suggests that in Messiah, we are complete. Let's summarize. We should strive strongly to resemble our heavenly father whose word is true and who is true to his word. Psalm chapter 15 verse 4 says we should keep our word even if it is to our own hurt. And Revelations 21 and 8 says all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. We would do well to remember that no one escapes his eternal eye. The deceiver and the deceived will face his judgment. Also, by grace and faith, no one is turned away from this loving, saving, and keeping power of Messiah, who is our eternal salvation and all to the glory of the Father. That should bless our hearts. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat shalom.